counting the steps. One, two, three, four, five. I go climbing up the staircase. When I hear noises, squeaks and creaks, I shut my eyes closed just in case. Counting the steps, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I go climbing up the staircase. When the lights dim and I can't see a thing, I pray I could be in another place. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Slasher Sanitarium. I am your host, Troy. Now, Sci-Fi Channel's Channel Zero has kind of been indoctrined into the Slasher Sanitarium Hall of Fame. And since I did the first two seasons, I decided, why break from tradition? Let's do the third season. Now, this season is entitled Butcher's Block. Now, this is also the first season that they have not named the show after the creepypasta it's based on, instead choosing a different name, but it is still based on a creepypasta. Um, if I remember correct, it's Search and Rescue, I think is what it's it's referred to as. Um, I'm not going to, at least not right now, unless I get enough people asking me to, I'm not going to read the, the creepypasta it's based on because it's incredibly long, and if you're not a fan of listening to me do a creepypasta talking then there's no sense in me doing it i'm just going to lose more viewers than i already have so instead we're going to go ahead and go into this you know kind of fresh and just do what i do and that is review so we start off with a dude talking to a gap tooth girl at a coffee shop he's fidgeting and doesn't seem to want to tell her about the urban legends of the place this is always a good way to start a conversation we see peaches meats and a bridge uh, there are two kids smoking and making a lovely mural under the bridge. Uh, young guy number one says his dad used to work at Peaches, tearing tongues out of things, which that's a good conversation for maybe a first date? I don't know. But Black Chip keeps offering him a toke, but he keeps refusing. They cut through the park, which you should never do, not just because Nervous Guy just said it in his voiceover, but also because you are in a horror TV series. She offers him a cure for hiccups, which is apparently weed-flavored kissing. I also call bullshit on this guy for just walking away after they stop kissing. If a incredibly hot chick starts kissing you, whether she tastes like weed or not, you keep kissing her. You go back for more, buddy. They walk up to a clearing and see a staircase just hanging out in the woods. And there's a door at the top of the stairs. So uh, the creepypasta this is based on, of course, this is the, the, the kind of central thing is there's a bunch of these staircases with doors at the top that just appear randomly in the forest. Now, I'm not going to get into the ending of the creepypasta at all, because um, I don't know if they're going to go that route. Obviously, we've seen the first two seasons. They really haven't. They've, they've really crafted their own stories, which I, I love. I'm really happy for that. Uh, but we'll see, you know, what this one has in store. So, again, door, top of the stairs, middle of the woods. This is apparently a thing. You're not supposed to look at it, not think about it, and for sure, don't climb the stairway to heaven. If you do, you might find that all the stores are all closed. Weed Chick wants to go back, but Dude is totally freaked out. 
they wander, wander through the woods only to find someone is hanging out in the brush. And of course, the natural thing to do in the middle of the night, when you find a small child hiding in the woods, is to approach it. Dude proceeds to take off and leave his girl behind. But instant karma because he gets lost in a playground that is just inside the woods. A, oh, let's be PC about this, little person in a mask and robe jumps out at him. Uh, the dude backs up, falls down, and little Stabby gets doing what he does best, stabbing the shit out of this guy. Uh, his girlfriend comes running, but Ben's body is gone. And then we get the logo on the screen. So, really nice way to set the tone for the series here. Um, already, boom, right off the bat. Let's let's address the fact that this series is going to have these weird stairways that just appear uh, with a door at the top of it. And there's this, this whole city, this whole, I, I don't want to call it a city. I guess I would call it a town because... Um, generally, it's kind of shown in the series that this is a small town, uh, one of those ones that kind of was built around one business, one big business where like everybody worked. Like, um, you know, back back in the day, it was like they would build coal mining towns, and but as soon as the mine shut down, boom, ghost town. But this is not quite a ghost town, but yeah. So Peaches Meats has closed down a lot of people lost their jobs and it essentially just destroyed the economy of the city but we're going to get a little bit more into that a little bit more world building on that but yeah like i said great way to start us off we got our first kill of ben the guy who doesn't know how to smoke but has no problem making out with somebody who just finished smoking but yeah so we go back to our narrator and gap tooth as they leave the coffee shop and he is clearly trying to fit his dick in between her front teeth we find out that Gaptooth is named Alice, because of course it is, and she is moving into a home she found on Craigslist with her sister, Zoe. Alright, so here's where I explain our actresses. Alice is played by Olivia Lucardier, Lucardi, who is from Orange is the New Black, and it follows. Also, if you type Olivia Lucardi into Google, the first suggestion is Olivia Lucardi teeth. So clearly I'm not the only one who noticed the Michael Strahan gap in her face. Zoe is played by Holland Roden who is from Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf, pretty much pretty much that. I never watched Teen Wolf, by the way. I'm not talking about the 1980s TV show, movie, movie, it's a movie. Uh, I'm talking about the H, the MTV, oh, geez, uh, the MTV series Teen Wolf. Zoe wakes up, does the line of coke, and heads off to face the day. The sisters drive to their new rental home, and when they get there, there's a woman walks up, and it's clear she is sure that all that glitters is gold. She informs them that this part of town is fine, but if they go to Butcher's Black, Block? Black? Oof. If they go to Butcher's Block, it's a massive shithole. She requests some scissors to remove her bandages, but she just appears to be wearing black gloves and no bandages. Another woman, this one with the actual landlord, tells the woman to fuck off. Luis, who is our landlord, tells the girls to come inside. Diane, the lady who wants some scissors, walks away. Nice neighbor. Alice says she googled Luis, which is not a very nice thing to do, and not something that you really should admit the first time you meet somebody. Hey, by the way, I googled you and totally found out that you have a missing brother. Uh, but we find out that Luis is a reporter, 
and Alice walks up and sees a sign on the wall, but she wants to be sure, because you know, sometimes words have two meanings. But it's an article uh, relating to the disappearance of Luis's brother. A nasty naked cat mows down on some food while Zoe checks out a stuffed wolf. I'm going to... I'm not going to grab that low-hanging fruit. I'm just going to move along. Alice is working as a family advocate. She is teaching them how to work the system and use it to their advantage. So Alice is doing some crunches. That's a scene cut, by the way. She doesn't just, like, drop on the floor and start doing crunches in the middle of this. When she gets a call from an unknown caller. Movie magic. She somehow hears this despite the fact that her phone is clearly on vibrate and she was just working out. But we see that it is her mother who wishes her happy birthday. Of course, it's a week late. Seems like the mother is in a mental institute. She says uh, she keeps saying she wasn't herself that day. All right. I guess the town was was not enough of an intrigue for the series. They had to throw in some mama drama. Personally, like, you start things off with creepy town, creepy chick that walks up asking for some scissors so she can cut over bandages, uh, creepy little people with, with knives. That's enough for me to watch. What I don't need is this other little thing that this is where Allison's always mom is in a mental institute and something happened to put her in there and we're going to spend six episodes trying to tell you little itty bitty bits of it until we finally reveal that it was just because she's schizophrenic. Louise is working on some taxidermy in her workshop when Alice busts in. Alice then just proceeds to unload all of her personal baggage on this poor woman. Thankfully, Louise stops her and correctly tells her to fuck off. She's not her mother. Keep your bullshit to yourself, Alice. I... This is always... Uh, it's always difficult in the first episode of the series because there's so much fucking information that you have to give to people. And I, I'll pre I appreciate them for trying to do it in a different way because they could have had so many other dumb fucking terrible things. Instead, they're just making it that Alice is an oversharer. So she comes down and, you know, kind of says, Oh... Zoe, you know, she's good when she's on her meds, but if she's off her meds, she's fucked up. And, you know, they're, they're starting to do a little bit of world building without just, like, having her look at the camera and be like, my sister has a mental illness. So, appreciate that. You know, more power to you. Alice and Mr. Nervous are heading to a house because a little girl is being taken away by CPS. Nervous guy gives us back into the town, saying that Peach's meat, which I now see is Rooker Hauer, by the way, so, by far, they've gotten an even better casting this time around. Now, last year, I was really happy because John Carroll Lynch was in it. Uh, the year before, um, you know, we had the, the guy who left Parks and Recreations before it became a big hit, which was, okay, now we got Rooker fucking Hauer, which, hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they say he was the only that it was the only town, the only job in town, and once it closed, the town went to shit. So kind of like Detroit, when everyone figured out that you could get huge tax, break, tax breaks by sending jobs to China. A lovely mural says "Eat the Rich," and we see the underbridge work Ben and his reefer madness chick made. They pass by a hedgerow, which seems to have a bustle in it, but they're not alarmed. So we cut over to what appears to be your average kind of white trash home and random chicks with the tits out and smoking says that she never harmed her daughter izzy tanya is this woman's name and she calls for her daughter apparently izzy was playing in the park when she was fucking around and got bit 
props to sci-fi for dropping a fucking hard f-bomb like not not like the pussyfooting around that fucking uh breaking bad used to do where they kind of like fucking and you know this was like clear as fucking day cps doesn't believe that something bit her Alice says that she used to throw herself down the stairs to get attention. She drops a second F-bomb saying kids do fuck around. So, not one, but two hard fucks in this episode. Great. Awesome. We slowly drift into the wall, and what the fuck is that? Some fucking big-headed bald kid is in the fucking wall. He proceeds to lick the wall behind where Alice is sitting... And Alice seems to notice it, and she gets up and starts following the noise as the fucking creepy kid crawls through the walls. Like, good on you, sci-fi. That This one got me. I was not expecting it. We were, like, slowly transitioning through the walls. I was like, oh, we're going to show a little fucking, we're going to show Izzy. She's going to be, like, doing something weird over that. Nope. We're going to show fucking giant-headed freak kid licking walls. Ah. <sighs> Alice starts to follow the noise the kid is making, and she enters Izzy's room. Izzy is humming and packing her things. Her outfit has a tag that says Smart Mouth, which she claims she found at the park. So, interesting. I'm going to be interested to see. Uh, suspiciously, looks like little Stabby's outfit. Alice hears Creeper Kid in the wall again, and he's, we see that there's a like head-sized hole in the wall. Not Not this kid's fucking head, but like a normal head. Izzy says she hides in the park when she gets scared. And Izzy's hiding place is a lady tree. Thankfully, not a lady bush. More wall noises and horror cliche, Alice sticks her fucking face into the hole. She calls for Nathan, which is apparently, you know, uh, her partner. Nervous guy. I forgot the nickname I gave him. Nervous guy. The door closes and locks Nathan and Alice inside. We hear Tanya screaming as Nathan breaks the door down. Everyone is gone when they get out, and a smoldering cigarette is all that remains. This is... This is good. This is good so far. A uh, lot of fucking intrigue, a lot of crazy shit so far. Little stabby, uh, big head creeper. Awesome. Keep keep this crazy shit up. Zoe wakes up, and now we see that it wasn't coke she was snorting, but some other pills, I guess. Not her actual medication, but some other pills. Zoe's wandering around when Luis calls her up to the deck. Luis is smoking weed, and Luis is about to ask if weed triggers Zoe's condition, but she stops. Zoe explains that it was uh, that she has insidious onset, which means she's about to make four terrible movies. Uh, whatever. Uh, nope. She says, of course. Uh, so insidious onset is uh, essentially just that it's something that lies dormant. Um, you like go from zero to fucking almost dead in an instant because it like slowly builds up in, in yourself, kind of multiplies. And then just busts out. Um, but there's no previous kind of like warning signs, no previous symptoms or anything like that. But of course, she doesn't, doesn't actually say what condition she has. Just that there was not really any warning signs. The police do not believe that anyone took Izzy and Tanya. The cops fuck right off because they believe that the mother is, has ghosted, which actually does make some sense. Allison salts them, but they have no evidence to go off of because... There's just two people gone, and they were about to. The, the kid was about to be taken away, so it makes total sense. Back at home, Alice and Zoe share a moment, and they go for a drive back to Tanya's house at night. 
kind of what she was told not to do. Diane then walks up and shows them that she found some scissors to cut off her bandages, which appears to be the skin on her hands. She asks why the sisters have been restrained like that and offers to cut off their skin as well. Well, that's just being a nice neighbor. Diane lunges at them, but they get inside. Uh, and then she just disappears. I don't know where she went. She's not in the rest of the episode. Zoe hears some whispers, which tell her that if we all call the tune, then the piper will lead us to reason, which causes her to cry. She sees a woman sitting naked on the bed from the back. We just get a little ass crack. Uh, who then turns to reveal it's the mother. Seems like mommy had exact has. She's still alive. Has exactly what Zoe has. Alice starts to look for Izzy, and Alice says she has to check something outside, which seems like a mistake with a scissor-wielding psycho outside. Zoe is enjoying a smoke when she sees someone across the street. It appears to be Izzy, but when Zoe heads outside, the person is nowhere to be seen. That clearly is a little stabby. But Zoe gives chase. Alice finds a lady tree, so she is in the park at night, which I believe someone mentioned was a bad idea. Little Stabby leads Zoe into the park, and Alice is greeted by Rutger fucking Hauer. Joseph Peach, who is Rutger fucking Hauer, says that when he walks here, he is between two worlds. He says that his house is now a playground, go figure, and that he lives close by. Zoe finds a stairway leading, lying on the whispering wind. I'm missing up my own fucking <laughs> stairway to heaven lyrics. A little stabby is either eating something or stabbing something. I don't quite get it because it's really fucking dark. Oh, he's eating something. Okay. Uh, he proceeds to pick up a meat tenderizer, but music begins to play. And he turns to see that the door is now open at the top of the stairs, and a fucking skinless creature is standing on the steps calling to him. Not calling to him like, little stabby, come here, but just like beckoning him. Skinless and little stabby then go to the door and leave, and Zoe is left dumbfounded. Only on this podcast will you get, like, that explanation. A skinless guy and a little person with a meat tenderizer just walked up a stairway in the middle of the, fo of the forest into a door that appears to lead to nothing. And it'd just be like, eh, no, normal day. As a new day dawns, those who stand long, Zoe and Alice, are alive. They return home, and Zoe is packing her shit... She is not sure if what she saw was in her head or not, but she wants to leave. Zoe says that Alice is scared because she is the same age Zoe was when she developed symptoms. Same as their mother. Alice says that it's not uh, that it's not just genetic, it's also environmental. And since she doesn't do the things that Zoe does, she's going to be fine. That's not how genetic disorders work, sweetie. Alice talks to Louise, who is making a book about all the appearances disappearances in butcher's block the town eats up people who would not be missed kind of oh who does what what does who fits that description oh zoe the one who's walking down the street right now with nobody to protect her zoe sits on a park bench and starts hearing voices alice sees uh peaches who in 1963 i think in 1953 or 1963 i couldn't catch it all disappeared and she recognizes Joseph in the picture. Zoe is joined on the bench by Joseph Peach. He looks really good for 130 years old. Rooker fucking Hauer, man. Joey and Zoe introduce each other as we cut to credits. So, awesome. Good, 
good first episode, man. I was, I was down for this one. Um, you know, we're always tempted to, to kind of look at, at this in comparison to the other two series or, or seasons. Um, but really, you know, you got to kind of take each one for its own thing. Uh, the first season was the first season. They were kind of trying to get their footing. Second season, you know, I had some issues with the ending of it, but the first episode was pretty interesting. This one, I think, was the best first episode of the series because um, this one was just uh, a lot of creepy shit going on, a lot of just weird things, a lot of questions, that, you know, which which I love. Uh, I'm I'm down for it, so... Uh, we're going to see where this one kind of takes us, but I am fucking ready. So, yeah, make sure to uh, to keep it locked here because I'm going to be doing the entire se- uh, season. I'm hoping to, you know, have have the next one out pretty soon. And, of course, I'll continue with the, uh, the third movie in the Friday the 13th series as well. That's coming up, but I figured I'd give you a little something in between here just to kind of tide you over. So go to questionnetwork.com, check out all of our other podcasts there, uh, and make sure to keep it subscribed here.